Get ready to listen. Okay, next question. Get ready to listen. Block by block Chicago. Block by block Chicago. Block by block Chicago. I have heard it said with my own ears. I've seen it, I've watched it, spoken. <laughs> we don't need another garden. Too many gardens, community gardens. I've heard that from friends, neighbors, influential community members, culture creators, young and old. I don't care about that garden. <laughs> um, that's why I'm sitting here before our workshop starts. And this has probably been in the back of my mind, swimming around, fishing around, I guess. Um, what does that mean? Well, I guess the work that I do as a teacher, artist, culture creator and influencer myself and the things that are important to me, I'm recognizing aren't important to everyone. The things that I'm passionate about or wanna see change or wanna bring energy to his transformation like everyone doesn't feel the same and should I be trying to trying to change other people's minds <laughs> you know in relationship with things like community garden is that a good place to put my energy I don't know things that I think about <laughs> I guess deep thoughts from Heyman Cross I don't know like <laughs> but it, it's a reality it's a truth um we love vegetables, we love fruit. Um, we want our fruit and vegetables to look a certain way. We're attracted to the beauty, but not the pain and the struggle and the work it takes to bring that beauty to your table. Like, we just want the result. We want the product. And we're not attracted to or drawn to most of us, the majority of us, because I'm not going to say that the community and those people who feel the way that I've described are not me. But we want the, we want the finished product. We don't want the process. We don't want to show up and dig in the dirt and play around in the dirt and plant and grow and have to clean up and we don't want that. We want the finished product. Yeah, I don't know if the process is fun. The process is not fun, actually. It is work. It's hard work. I have another friend who I was talking to recently. He was describing a, a farm that he visits farm garden related not the same but he visits a farm every weekend 
and he was talking about his experience with the farmer. The farmer's work is never done. It's never finished. But it has to be done. Different seasons, different times of the year, you have to get the work done, you know? No matter how you feel about it. So that's one thing, the the patience and the presence and the determination of a farmer. And then I guess that relates also to the gardener. I think the gardener finds moments of satisfaction and sometimes I guess fun or something they enjoy or that brings meaning and purpose as you're gardening. And that's not always easy recognizable or felt because you have to get dirty. And maybe that's a fun part. Maybe those who garden enjoy getting dirty. The dirt underneath your nails, right? right? That's the fun. Maybe that's it. But that takes a special person. Back in October of 2021, we were invited by the Chicago Architecture Biennial to farm on Ogden, an innovative space in Lawndale, Chicago. Haman, the gardener whose reflections we just heard, leads workshops at Farm on Ogden. We got to meet different community members and new visitors while attending the workshop. Hi, it's really great to meet you today. My name is Ujiji Davis-Williams. I'm a landscape architect based in Detroit, and I'm really happy to be here. Hi, Gigi. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful meeting you. My name is Margot Stewart. I'm the niece of Mr. Gerald Earls. Oh, wonderful. Um, so we are here today, um, we're currently at the farm on Ogden site, but we are a stone throw away from the Slumbusters Garden, which is um, 1960 Trumbull um, in the North Lawndale uh, neighborhood of Chicago. And uh, Miss Margot, um, how was it to come back to the garden after all these years? It was wonderful coming back to the garden. Um, it's just amazing of the work that that's been done. It's it's just um, my I keep using my uncle's slogan, bringing the the beauty back from the beast Mm -hmm. and so um, just this summer I I have pictures of how it looked this summer and it's a really huge transformation and even today I was I I visit quite often and from a week ago it's every it's just gorgeous it's beautiful it gives me inspiration it's wonderful to see uh, the children and all the interest that is in it to keep my uncle's legacy going. That's wonderful. Um, well, we're really happy that you could join us today for the workshop. Um, I know we are going to be trying to identify some ways that we as a collective community can contribute, can continue to contribute to the uh, the Slumbusters Garden um, and, and support some of the efforts that, that you've been maintaining all of these years um, and really just trying to think about what are things that we could uh, physically change about the space but also maybe what other programs might also encourage especially young folks to to be more engaged. Um, 
when you saw the site, was there anything that you thought could help to, you know, elevate it or what would inspire other people to to come back, especially once we kind of help to elevate the history of, of the garden? Yes, I figured that if we can get a wrought iron fence, <laughs> and the reason why I chose that is because in the long run it would be uh, more economical. Mm -hmm. Because using a cyclone fence, we've had to repair it mm. and they still cut through. So this would bring safety to the garden, keep everything intact, and also you could still see the beauty of the garden. Yeah, I, I would agree, actually. I think. Yeah, I think fencing and some type of stronger edge that helps to make it feel more present in the neighborhood, um, as well as, uh, as, you, as you say, with the safety, making also people feel secure that this is a fixture in the neighborhood, I think is going to be really important. Yes, and one other thing is, was my aunt's dream, my uncle's wife, mm -hmm. which she she's been in the family all my life mm -hmm. um the mural uh, they should be well i would think the theme should stay the same mm -hmm. but reason why she wanted that back fence painted and with uh different uh logos and slogans on there mm -hmm. uplifting inspirational thoughts mm -hmm. so that the people from the l train could look down and see mm. So that's something that I would really be interested in having yeah, done. That's really interesting. I think that's really great because it's something that if you're in the garden, you can experience. But if you're passing by on the train, you can also kind of take away a positive moment on your way to work, or on your way to school. Um, and I think that from, from some of the, the story that you shared with us earlier today, that seems to be a core facet of, of, of your uncle's legacy is is bringing positivity to the neighborhood and to Chicago. Yes. Landscape architect Ujiji Davis-Williams facilitated a community workshop that looked at opportunities to commemorate, restore, and preserve the Slumbusters Garden in North Lawndale. Let's hear more from the community members that witnessed the origins of the Slumbusters. I'm, uh, my name is Dr. Shmuel Israel, and uh, I'm here today uh, to talk about the restoration and legacy of the Slumbusters Garden, a garden that was created uh, by Gerald and Lorraine Earls. Um, the Earls Garden was uh, one of the reasons they committed to build this garden is because it's um, it was a political garden. And um, in the black experience, there's always a way to shame people into working together. Uh, and uh, that's why this is a protest uh, garden. Politically, it was to get the city and elected officials to bring some resources uh, to this community. And so uh, the Earls named this garden Slumbusters 
after Ghostbusters, <laughs> uh, they wanted to bust the slums. Um, Mr. Earl said that there are four types of people in North Lawndale. There were slum makers um, who messed things up. Uh, there were slum keepers who uh, can keep things messed up. Uh, there are slum watchers. Uh, they watch things, but they don't get involved. And there were slum busters, people who clean things up. And so the Earls were one of those unique types of people that, that I would call them leaders because uh, they had a passion for doing it. And it was, you know, unlike any work or anything. And they didn't really do it for themselves. And I think that's how people get lost uh, because they're not doing it for recognition. They're not doing it for um, their own aggrandizement. They, they're doing it because the world needs it. And oftentimes people that, do, there's a lot of people like that in North Lawndale that you don't hear about. And, uh, and those are the people with the most passion. They, they work at the ground level and they do things. And, um, and they try to get the job done and demonstrate to people how to, how to do those things. So, um, so we like to maintain the legacy of uh, the Earls and produce more leadership, more people who think that way, who act that way, because these things are larger than the person themselves. So a lot of times you have to get, you have to do things and look for things that are greater than, you know, me as a person for the benefit of all. I grew up in Mississippi, no, I didn't grow up, I grew up here, but I was born in Mississippi. And, um, but I moved to North Lawndale in 1982. Uh, I actually got involved with the communities uh, in 1999 as I, I was outreaching because I have uh, a practice, I'm a chiropractor by background. And so I got involved with this group called Small Grants, and which later became the Small Grants Human Development Corporation. And what we were doing, we were trying to get people all over North Lawndale. We were giving them small grants to create certain projects that will enhance the community. And, uh, and I happened to meet some of the gardeners of the Green Committee at these events and meetings. Um, Mrs. Penn, which is like the matriarch of the group, she asked me that I like green, that I like uh, tomatoes. And I said, of course, are they homegrown? And she said, yeah. She said, you're welcome to come to my garden and pick what you want. And so that got me started because I was already like into house plants and and um, ornamental plants and you know that type and, um, and so I got started doing it and then I started writing um, articles about those people who were gardening in the community and um, and there are a lot of uh, gardeners who started around the time that Earl started you know whether they were backyard gardens or whether they did the lot next to them or they wanted to clean up and there were a lot of people who 
came on board in the 90s that did the same thing. And, um, and so we really have, in this, in this community, we have about 22, 24 of those gardens that uh, the Greening Committee and the HELPS takes care of. And um, the Earl's influence and our influence reached over into a Little Village, because I used to work with Little Village with the uh, food gardens too, and the community gardens. And, um, and that was something I didn't mention that Mr. Earl's also worked with, uh, like he worked with Chewy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we've had these meals, community meals, where we tried to unite, reunite the South with the North and Londale. And so where we talked about our similarities, our differences, and uh, we broke bread over that. And I remember the Earls were, were participants in that too. So, so there are a lot of things that they, he was involved in. He was involved with the neighborhood housing because uh, he had uh, a graystone on this block. And um, he worked diligently for that. He owned uh, two or three buildings in North Lawndale. And so um, he picked certain organizations that that coincided with his mission, and um, and he and he stood for that all of his life. We need people in the community to take a look at the mission, uh, to make agreements with us, to be committed to the agreements and leave all of the other stuff like the likes and dislikes of others and you know leave that put that put that in the side and and get in the space of um, I like to say of power empowerment because uh, all the other stuff takes you in a totally different direction but if you could you know tap the wisdom of the community use that to develop the power and all of us we worked, uh, if we work together as a unit in unity, we can do a whole lot more than we are doing right now. After an introduction to Farm on Ogden's mission, we walked outside to have a better idea of what the garden looks like on a sunny, breezy fall morning. So I just want to draw attention to this space in relation to not only the Slum Buster Garden, but the farm on Ogden, under the green, underneath the pink line. So Waka, you know, I think Kimberly, you talked about this. Kimberly. Yeah, right here. Yeah. You talked about the mural on the side of the wall, right? So this space is owned by Waka. Um, this basketball court has history. It was a place where young people and organizations would come and there'd be um, basketball tournaments for all of Lawndale. They'd come and use this space. We've got pictures of how this space, how instrumental this space was in kind of encouraging community members to come together. Um, with One Summer Chicago and CAB and the Firehouse Community Arts Center and WACA and Open Architect Chicago and different organizations came together to, to kind of 
I guess, bring more life or bring life back into this space. So what you're seeing is some design work um, that was done over the summer. Um, we had an architect who grew up on the west side who also designed this play structure over here. Um, he calls that the bouncy, it's called the bouncy house? Bouncy house. The bouncy house, which you can't bounce on it. Um, but again, it was just reimagining a space that needed love, needed some attention, needed some resource to help kind of guide the community in how to bring back, you know, a space that was utilized to bring people together um, and help community members to reimagine um, a space. Um, and so I'm very proud of this project. I'm very proud of what, what, was, what has taken place and how we've been able to connect with what the Earls were doing, you know, in busting slums, right? Um, and reimagining again, what a space could be and how it could be used. We had students who helped design and build these blocks that are on the court. We had students and young people who work with designers to come up with the color scheme and all that kind of stuff again to kind of help reimagine um, a space. So we'll, we'll walk back through, but I want to make sure we took a, took a second to recognize how this work continues, you know, and how we can keep it going. This breaks my heart I just wish my uncle was here to see it, but this really brings my heart joy because that's what he wanted. He wanted, he said, I know we have some young people that have my same vision. And, and you do, and I am so grateful. Yep, we gotta stay with it. Yes. <laughs> so yes. appreciate that, appreciate yes. that. Um, the Trust Republic Land, who's also here, Carolyn Mawoya, who's been a huge part of uh, supporting projects like this um, and encouraging people to walk, <laughs> visit parks, create parks, create spaces that um, encourage people to, to move around, right? To move around and enjoy nature and to, re again, reimagine um, structure, architecture, and all that sort of thing. So, you know, thanks, thanks to Carolyn and her support. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you. Then we got the Arts and Culture Committee, the, 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 you know, from the Longdale Community Coordinating Council, um, Sheila McNary, who's the chair of the Arts Committee, who also supports this type of work. Helps us bring resources and networking together, because it's going to take the whole community. It's going to take all of us um, playing our role, you know, and doing what it, what's necessary. From garden to garden, between alleys, and underneath the train tracks, we meet some more people from the community. Yes, so I'm Hannah Avalone with Urban Prairie Waldorf School, and every Friday, the seventh graders get out into the city for the majority of the school day, and um, at least once a month for this whole year, maybe more, we come to Slumbuster's Garden and we work at the garden and um, do whatever is needed and maybe look into some other garden connections in the neighborhood as well. So um, get them out and doing some real work. Yeah. We're here for like a brain a brainstorming session on how to uh, fix, fix and like kind of rebuild and modernize the Slumbuster's Garden and try to take it to the next step. 
We want to help the garden grow more and do better and make it back to how it was. Uh, yeah, we have a school garden that's, uh, that we sometimes take care of, of on uh, like Earth Day and uh, like sometimes school like celebrations. Yeah, we have a garden at school that we help too and we normally just help weed it and help it grow. I like to see what it looks like when it's done and how much I helped it change. Yeah, I like to um, look at it before and then when I'm done I like to look at it and see how much like we've accomplished and how much we've changed it and made it look better. Uh, I really like the teamwork, rebuilding and help, helping each other. Among drying tomato plants, green kale, and chard, and next to a tree bearing fall fruits, we gathered to listen. So we've been working with Davis work for over three years now. And the question has been, what is available? We've been asking this question over and over again. We've, we've analyzed this, this process to go beyond vacant lots. We've looked at the question of vacancy itself. And so while we're here and um, in this space together, I want everyone to start to tune in to what is available to them right now. Allow uh, your feet to sink. Allow your attention to go beyond your physicality to tap into what is available within you, your, your mind, your thoughts, your hearts, your emotions. To go back into the words that you heard, the histories, the oral histories that travel through the different speakers together, to think about the people who have been influenced you, to think about the various ancestry lineage that comes with you. This could be the authors, the books, the not only your blood lineage, but to go beyond bloodlines to think about like all the different synergies, intricacies, ties that all bring us together. Kimberly talked earlier about the different cycles, the themes that keep uh, reappearing. And the major theme that keeps coming back is what is available. To go beyond vacancy as a belief system, to tap into what is already abundant, what is already present. The future that we are giving birth to, the midwife, midwifery that is taking place through our individual and collective actions. Not just from today, but as we continue to be in dialogue with one another, as we begin to think about what does it mean to take on vacancy, which really is like an agreement, right? It's something that we have bought into. We bought into this, this, this idea that we don't have the resources, we don't have the tools, we don't have the abilities to transform what we see. We thought about slums yesterday in, in a conversation and how slums are the imagination of someone else. No one imagines themselves to live in a slum. 
So that is a design process. That is something that someone else has dictated for a community. And so leaning into the protest of availability, right? Leaning into our own imaginal processes, what we would like to see. It is for those who see to be able to lead the change that we want to have happen. We cannot ask people who cannot see to dictate for us. And so we move forward in that acknowledgement, knowing that everything that we need is within. Everything that we don't have presently, we will attract. We are the manifestors of this new agreement to transform North Lawndale. Father, as we stand behind this circle, a circle of unity, Father, let not nothing come in between us. Father, you have all the resources. You are our provider for everything. You said that if we can have a desire in our heart to do something, we can do it. We can do all things through you that strengthen us. Right now, we need strength, Father God. We need togetherness, Father God. Father, we need you in this place, Father God. We want to make a difference, Father God. Father, each and every one are coming into an agreement. We all must come to an agreement that these things shall come. The world offers us certain things, but you offer us a lot of things. Father, let us be true to ourselves. This is the desires of our heart. This is the passion of our heart. This is what we want to do. So give us this here. We just ask it in the name of Jesus for all these things, and everyone said, Amen. People we heard in this episode were present at the workshop of Farwan Ogden. Many thanks to Haman, Ujiji Davis, Margot Stewart, Shemuel Israel, Craig Stevenson, Rachel Kaplan, and all the community members involved. This episode was partially sponsored by the Chicago Architecture Biennial. The Chicago Architecture Biennial is dedicated to creating an international forum on architecture and urbanism. It produces year-round programs and a biennial exposition of citywide activations for a diverse audience of designers, educators, advocates, and students. Their mission is to engage and inspire professional and public audiences, highlight the transformative power of architecture, and envision a future for the field that is equitable and sustainable. <laughs>